1: Just hopped off uh, some wonderful machinery up there. Uh, he's got a bit of property um, not far out of Sydney. Is Matty White, uh, host of Mornings uh, on SEN, and he's looking forward to Bathurst. He looks forward to doing all the work he needs to today before the top ten shootout out the Sabah and plonk himself on the couch tomorrow for hours on end. Matty, good morning. How are you?
2: <laughs> Hello, boys. I'm good. I'm good. I'm actually not on my farming property. So the ride-on mower this morning is missing me. It's sitting up there in the shed all by its oh. little lonesome self wondering what the hell I'm, I'm going to do today because normally my ride-on's my man. He's, he's my buddy for the weekend.
0: Oh, so you're at the, the, the beach uh, beach property, are we? There's multiple properties. You own them all up the
1: coast. Just a little shack in the back of Narrowina yeah, for Matty White. just no,
0: a little, little eight-bedroom shack you're at. yeah.
2: I'm not far from you, Finchie. I might come down and say good day. Just...
0: I'm going to come looking
1: for you this afternoon. <laughs> oh dear, w- Whitey. What's your big? Um, Seeing you spend a lot of time, you know, looking after your uh, your outdoor areas. Yes. What, what's your big? T- give us a tip for the Mowers Club. Well, mate, I reckon I reckon that if I did it by meterage, I would probably be up
2: there this year with the meter mower leader um, in Australia because. I've done more metres on my ride-on mower this year than I could ever have imagined. And the reason is I, um, I got this property earlier on this year. So it's a, it's a farming property, but um, I don't have a tractor, <laughs> right? Oh, and yeah. for a number of reasons, couldn't get hold of one. So I went down the road, I bought myself a Red Max ride-on and the ride-on became my tractor. So I have quite literally cleared acres and acres and acres of paddocks that were up over your head on a ride-on mower so my neighbors who've been looking at me proper farmers are going who is this goose and why doesn't he get (laughs) himself a tractor my wife tells me that the ride-on mower is going to grow up one day and become the tractor that i've always wanted it to be but um I, i don't know how many acres i've done and when i first bought it the little clock that tells you how many hours wasn't actually connected um, Finchie, <laughs> you've done that with a few cars in your time. But yeah. I, I, I a little bit. W- weekends out, Matty. <laughs> How many jokes I <laughs> <are clock on? laughs> So the speedo wasn't connected. So I probably missed the first, I don't know, 20 hours that I spent on it. Um, but I'm talking, boys, I'm talking, you know, um, paddocks with, with weeds and grass way up over your head and all sorts of stuff in there and rocks. I broke the spindle on it three times. Yeah. Uh, I've broken the belt on it twice. I've had to take the blades off it oh, probably four or five times and, and sharpen them back up. So I, I'm in terms of metres gained, I reckon I'm the league yeah, leader. Mate. In terms of um, how you actually should do it, I'm way down the bottom of the list.
1: Sounds like you, you had to go in with a jungle cutter just to, 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 to wipe yeah. it away first and then find out what was there. Mate, um, Bathurst <laughs> this weekend. So we've had the... the, the The qualifying, in a sense, yesterday (coughs) to work out who's the top 10 shooter. This kid, Will Brown, um, burst onto the scene. He was happy as Larry yesterday, uh, jumping around the garage, which you do when you get provisional pole. bit more work to do before the race tomorrow. But tell us about this kid. He's he's kind of burst onto the scene, has he not? Yeah, first uh, full-time season in supercars. He was
2: on the podium, so he's, he's already sort of struck a blow this year. And to those around the sport, I mean, he's only 23 years old, I think, mate. But he's, you know, to those around the sport, he was always, he was always coming. They always knew that he was going to be there. But what he did yesterday, that qualifying session is the most important session of the year. Top 10 shootout today is all for the glory and the check and and the show for the cameras and you know trying to put it together for one lap. But when you see the cars in qualifying, they're as fast as they're going to go around Mount Panorama, essentially. They're all tricked up. Everything is set for that qualifying session. So for him to walk away from that, whether or not he turns provisional pole into pole today, doesn't really make a difference. He's made a huge statement. And I think it sort of reflects probably the new age of supercar driver. I mean, there isn't a driver up there who doesn't respect the mountain. And it's it's kind of sounds a little bit dicky, but it's true. If you don't respect the mountain, then you'll get smashed by it. It's just a simple fact of that whole place. And yesterday, um, what Will did was he respected the mountain, but he went out there with no fear. And he actually said to his to his engineer, you know, I'm going to go balls out on this one. I'm going to dig deep. And you have to do that. Now, it's one thing to have a good car. It's one thing to know what you're doing up there and, and be on the right lines, et etc. et cetera. But at some stage in that 2.13 kilometres, 6.13 kilometres of a lap, you're going to have to go balls out and you're going to have to take a really deep breath and go, if I don't push it here, I'm going to be a tenth off. Now, he did that all the way around. So an extraordinary performance, and he should be happy because he's kind of tamed it in the fastest session. He knows he's got a quick car. Um, He'll be there probably at the end of the day. Now it comes down to, sure, if he can do it today, he'll get the glory, but if he goes back out there tomorrow and the team can get it right, and Erebus know how to win a a Bathurst uh, race, they did it with Davey Reynolds in 2017, then he could well end up at the top of the tree tomorrow, but there's a long way between now and then.
0: Mate, took from your point of view, you know you've you've been around a long time from Ironman to, to rugby league games, and run me through the preparation of a Bathurst, commentating a Bathurst 1000. Like it's, it must, you know, by the end of it, you must be absolutely physically and mentally drained. Run through the preparation because it's. It's non-stop, and it's all day. It's not 80 minutes, you know. They're not like, They're going yeah. to the try scored. Or it's not going to be a video ref where we can have a breather, have a bite to eat, get a drink, you know. <laughs> There's none of that for you. How's your preparation for it? Because it must be draining because it's such a, a, a big event.
1: Yeah,
2: well, for many years, Finchie, it was just myself and Crompo in, in the box. So it was just the two of us. And really, we'd only have the ad breaks off. Now, if you think throughout the course of an Ashes, of a test match, you know, even back in State of Origin when when Big Darrell Eastlake and Ian Maurice were calling, they'd often switch halfway through a game, whereas it was just myself and Cromley for, what, six and a half hours of racing. Now, that's just the race. So you start your day normally on a Sunday at about... We used to go on air at, say, 7 o'clock, I think it was, but we are already on air Friday. We are already on air all Saturday, and then you're there at the track at 5 o'clock tomorrow morning in the pitch black, and you hardly get any sleep. So you know it's going to be a long day, and you're normally on air for three hours before the actual race starts. So by the time you get to the race, you're kind of, you're kind of stuffed, <laughs> but the adrenaline kicks in, and it doesn't feel like six and a half hours. There there are times throughout a Bathurst race, and I can't tell you how many times Neil and I have sat there, and their race might just be ambling along, nothing's, nothing's really happening and I can't remember what year it was, but especially one year, we both looked at each other at the same time, we're in an ad break, and we went, this is about to kick off. It's about to kick off. You could just feel it, and all hell broke loose for the next couple of hours, and it was just amazing. The incredible thing is, and I was only telling somebody this the other day, I don't know if this is just me or my capacity to deal with things or how my mind works, but I can get to the end of a Bathurst racing commentary and call one two three across the line. Been calling it all day, and go outside. For instance, you know, go to the go to the loo or whatever. And you could bump into me and go, Hey, mate, I missed it. Who finished first? And I would seriously, I just seriously sort of drop everything for about two minutes. And I'd, yeah. I'd probably look at it and go, Mate, I can't remember. And it would have only just happened, so but I think there's an enormous it six amount and a half of adrenaline. Was
0: leading, and then you forgot it.
2: 100%. <laughs> Made 100%. Yeah. Like it's a really weird thing. You would stand there and you go, "Holy cow! I've just forgotten everything." But it was—I think it was my process of of then moving on to the next challenge, which is then hosting and continuing the yeah. afternoon.
1: Hey, um, what about this weekend, mate? Uh, so it's it's Wincup's last. He, he'll probably co-drive, mm. but in terms of Wincup being the main man in a certain car, this is his last because mm. he's retiring as a professional driver, and he'll be the he'll be the boss. He's going from the the driver to the actual part owner of the team and, and running yeah. the team as well, which is an interesting dynamic. He just missed out on this top 10. What does that do to his chances of finishing on top of the podium with he and um, Craig Lowndes, the, the other legend in that particular car, that uh, the co-driving team?
2: Yeah, they've, they've obviously still got a chance. I mean, you can win Bassas like Chas Mostert did from last. So you can quite literally start that race last and finish first six and a half, 161 laps later. So starting position, you know, by starting up the front, you've got more chance of staying out of trouble, especially on that first lap. By starting mid-pack, you've got more chance of being in the crap off the start. But Jamie's such a smart operator. They'll probably start lousy, I think, in the, in the car, um, and he'll just do the safe job and away you go. They'll be there at the end of the day. The worry is that they obviously don't have the pace that everybody else has got at the moment. So they'll go in search of that today and across the practice sessions. But look, I find it really hard to go away from the tearing of Garth Tander and Shane Van Gisbergen. Um, I thought last year that they'd win, and they did, and I can't see any reason, aside from that a lot of the 888 cars are off the pace at the moment, Um, but the best team make the best decisions, and they'll find that, and the best drivers are in that car, in my opinion, car 888. Now it's normally 97, but Van Gisbergen is virtually untouchable at the moment, has been all season, and Garth knows Bathurst and knows how to win, and he won't be too far off the time and what uh, Shane is doing in the car as well. So I can't steer away. as much as Will Brown and the rest of them and, and the Brody Kostecki and, and the Shelby Power guys will have the pace. I'm still sticking with the guys who know how to do it tomorrow. And I, I'd be tipping Dan Gisbergen and Tanda to go back to back.
0: Matty, just just quickly, with, with the driving, for a novice like me who obviously enjoys watching it but yeah. doesn't know the finer details, how do they split the laps, who's driving, how many they do it? Does a certain driver have to do? Is there a certain amount they have to hit or target they have to hit? How, how does how does it all unfold? Yeah,
2: one driver can't do more than two thirds of the race, so there's a certain amount of laps. There's a minimum amount of laps that you can get your co-driver to do, mate. So that's what they'll do. Yeah. They'll work that out in shifts, and basically you want to you want to work it out. So a lot of them do what you'll hear tomorrow is a double stint. So normally they they'd split up those shifts equally. Um, or as equal as they can, and then have the main driver in there at the end, whereas sometimes it works out that the main driver will be there for the last 50 laps instead of the last 30, so or 60 laps. So I can't remember. I think Lowndes a few years ago ended up doing a whole bunch of laps that he didn't think. It was when he was paired with Mark Scaife, and Scaife, he popped a rib early on, mm-hmm. and, and Lowndes had to do oh, like a tremendous amount of work at the back end of the race. So it'll depend on how they fall, but the co-driver will do the minimum amount of laps that they can give him, and then they'll stick the main driver in either at the start, but definitely be there at the end. Um, and away they go. Finchy, have you ever been in a, in a supercar for a hot lap?
0: Yeah, I have. I was telling the boys the other yeah. day when when John Bauer was in the Aussie Mail Racing, this is a GMC yeah. in Canberra yeah. around 2002. I jumped yeah. in with him. Um, it was amazing, and that was the street circuit of Canberra, where obviously you're not reaching the speed you would at Bathurst.
2: Yeah, yeah, I, I remember that race and it's incri- I'm, I'm glad that you did it on a street circuit because it's probably scarier because you yeah. can see all the concrete barriers <laughs> exactly. closer, but it's, it's a terrible working environment, the supercar. I always say, when you're trying to get in the thing alone, um, I always say, think of this, put a helmet on, go and stand out the front of your house, run full speed at your letterbox and try and dive into it head first. That's yeah. what it's like trying to get into a supercar.
1: Sounds like fun. Yeah. I'll try it when I get home. <laughs> wife, Don't try oh, that beautiful. at home. <laughs> We're going to leave it there, mate, but enjoy the race tomorrow and uh, whenever you're cutting grass next, enjoy cutting grass and uh, up at the right on there at the, the property and uh, we'll catch you soon, mate. Thanks for joining us on the Mowers Club.
2: Good on you, boys.